Welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about deep water, and joining me, I had to drag him away from his snail farm to get him on this pod. It's Josh Brown. Josh, what's going on? Good, 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 good. <laughs> um, Deepwater is the newest movie from uh, English director Adrian Lyne after a 20-year hiatus after his last movie, Unfaithful. But he's you know, also known for a lot of other uh, uh, movies of this erotic thriller genre, including uh, you know, Fatal Attraction, Indecent Proposal, and things of that nature. And he, you know, uh, was set to make his uh, return to the big screen like two years ago. I think this movie was like, you know, going to be a 2020 release and, uh, or, or maybe it just started, maybe it just started completed filming right before the pandemic. And that's when uh, Ben Affleck and on into Armist, the two stars, uh, were kind of in a bit of a quarantine relationship. And then that obviously created a bunch of intrigue around the movie when they broke up because it stars uh, Affleck and Armist as Vic and Melinda Van Allen, a, a couple living in Louisiana, uh, Vic is, even though he's like, you know, in his forties or whatever, he retired cause he got rich off of, uh, programming drone warfare, basic, basically, uh, as one does. And, uh, he and Melinda though, they have a, a kind of an odd marriage where it seems like she, uh, she's allowed to, uh, take as many lovers on the side as she pleases, as long as it helps keep the family together, though, that doesn't stop the rest of the community from gossiping, especially after, uh, one man that she was particularly close to went missing. And Vic even, uh, teases one of her, uh, new boy toys about it, claiming that he was the one that killed him. And as the movie goes on, we see that, uh, you know, actually, he might be the guy behind uh, these murders and uh, Melinda's feelings about it uh, might not be exactly what you would think. Uh, Josh, I got to ask you, Adrian Lyon, he's 82 years old. Does the old guy still got it? I was like, where have you been hiding, my guy? Adrian, where have you been hiding? <laughs> <laughs> and, and not only that, but it's like you you rewatched uh, or you watched Unfaithful for the first time. So did I, you know, um, not too long ago. And this movie just like seems to pick up where that movie left off. Really does. I did because I, I, I watched Unfaithful like uh, just last night as of the recording of this. And I was like, you had told me that exact thing. And I was like, what does he mean by this? And it actually does kind of get to that point where it's like, oh, that really does kind of seem like a spiritual sequel now. Deepwater does. Yeah. So, like, I guess spoilers for Unfaithful. Sure. So, during that movie, right, and so this, is, so this dude, Adrian, right, I was just, like, by watching Unfaithful and watching Deep Water, right, I was like, this guy, he must be afraid of, like, long-haired dudes. He really fucking hates long-haired dudes, right? Then I logged this movie on Letterboxd, so Adrian Lyons' headshot comes up, and I've actually never seen what he looks like. I just know he's a British motherfucker. And so his headshot pops up. He's a long-haired dude. <laughs> <laughs> These movies are told by the lovers. But anyway, uh, an unfaithful, uh, at the end of that movie, like, so Richard Gere, uh, his wife is having a an affair with a much younger man. And then Richard Gere eventually winds up killing that much younger man. And then, like, at the end of that movie, he and Diane Lane decide to, you know, try to cover up the murder as opposed to like breaking up or anything like that right and in this movie and by the way lightning in a fucking bottle we got lying back from the camera he took a hiatus he was too hot to handle for a decade you got sam levinson <laughs> taking a break from euphoria and then you have and the guy that and, and the guy and the guy that wrote Mr. Megorium's Magical Emporium or whatever somehow being the other writer yeah. behind this inexplicably. 
Yeah, you have like the like most promising ingenue actress, uh, the newest like um, it girl um, with Anna de Armas. It's like, how did the horny police allow these four individuals in the same room to make this movie? And how are we so lucky to have them drop it in the year of our Lord 2022 <laughs> after after Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck's breakup and <laughs> and I'm believing J-Lo Affleck the Armas reps basically were like we cannot let people see the new lion creation well okay so one thing I think was interesting about that in my initial reaction because I think I'm a little more mixed on the movie than you but it also might just because my <laughs> what you, you mean that like it seems like most people either love or hate it is what you're saying no i'm just more like how can you guys like like our boy adrian he drops a dime he <laughs> at a time when people are like there's not enough sex in movies <laughs> not a lot of sex in this movie though is my is where i was going with that comment though and i think i mean that's not, that's not to say it's not a tool that is weaponized in certain ways throughout the movie but there's actually not a lot of sex in it so i think just we hear adrian line movie like your mind goes to like, all right, this guy, old, horny old guy, there's going to be a lot of sex in this movie. Then you hear about everyone like, oh my God, like uh, obviously J-Lo's reps don't want this movie to get out there. There's like so much sex in it. And there is literally one sex scene that lasts about 10 seconds between Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus. I think here's movie. the thing. Here's the thing. I think there's a, like, I think, I guess compared to like most mainstream movies now, right? Mm-hmm. I think probably, if, which is a low metric to hold it to, right? But also I think even those, um, uh, like I think even those like very brief moments of the sex scenes, I think they are memorable. I think that's sort of it. The flashes that we do get, I think, are memorable. A quote in that 10 second sex scene is please kiss my ass. And the the character that says it means it literally. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> um, um uh, you'll but, see but, like like a tear run through hannah de armas eyes <laughs> it, it, it reminds me a little bit you'll see hannah de armas like, take something out of her mouth that is not the thing you normally think of someone taking out of their mouth in a sex in a movie uh, after a sex scene uh so yeah and and like there's a, uh, there's uh, the, the trailer for this movie remember was just the hand job at the park um but yeah well, like i guess i guess my thing is that i expected it to be crazier in ways than it and i'm not saying it wasn't crazy in its own way but like yeah. based on the way people were talking about it and, and just ex- what the expectations were given that adrian line was involved and people were saying oh my god this is gonna be so awkward for ben affleck and anna darmus when it comes out and maybe even for j-lo i thought it was just gonna be like freaking crazy there's 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 another couple in this movie played by uh tracy letts who we're gonna have to talk about how tracy letts uh his third his final act in this movie well, is that, just by, the way, by the way this is what i was gonna say right the thing about this movie that's like oh boy or whatever it's not just the sex scenes and like here's thing it reminded me of like that one unhinged sex scene in house of gucci it's just kind of like that's the vibe of them for like the rest of this movie but i think it's just how bug nuts the entire enterprise of this movie is from like anna de armis character (laughs) which is like all right this is this is this is my take right i don't know who you want to talk about first affleck or they floor is yours okay okay so the armis i'm just like give her the oscar give her the (laughs) oscar now today nobody's gonna give you a more exciting performance let me tell you something judy dench you cannot give that performance (laughs) in deep water right but like no she has like probably one of the worst written female characters 
like ever, right? Like she's this like manip she's like the worst person in the world. The most manipulative per person. And and like the armist has to like she is like selling this like and and like being completely captivating and like not letting how poorly written this character is like get in the way you know what i mean it's just an unhinged bonkers performance that i think is actually really really good and then you have affleck like just channel like like dude like each performance he does is like a window into his personal life and and so he's bringing his personal turmoil to this and it's just like i don't know who has it bad him or Kofuku and drive my car. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, 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 the, you're the new cuckold correspondent, Josh. I don't, I don't want that title. I don't want that title. <laughs> no, the scene in the movie, I don't know about you, the scene in the movie where I'm just like, this is like the saddest moment, right? Is when, when they invite one of her lovers, um, to the uh, kitchen table, right? And they're eating. And um, the guy's allergic to shellfish, right? And so they eat, uh, Anna the Armisen lover eat grilled cheese instead while Ben Affleck's alone to his lobster bisque. And then the Armisen's like, like, it's okay. I don't like the uh, lobster bisque. And I was like, fuck you for not liking the lobster bisque. God damn. I was like, fuck you. This guy, but, yeah. this, this guy, this guy, Affleck, uh, Vic, he, he man, he gets rich. He, he you know makes those drones, and you know he's in, he, a lot. Of, a lot of men would just like rest on their laurels and get fat and really do nothing with their life after they uh got their mint uh making the drones, killing babies. Knows, his he, daughter knows. He he, he he takes it upon himself. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually get some productive hobbies. I'm gonna be a snail farmer. I'm gonna learn how to make lobster bisque. Who knows how to make lobster bisque? And his wife just doesn't appreciate him. I mean, just such a sympathetic guy he is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this movie is you know, you know who else could have played this role who's that will smith from the red table talks with like jada <laughs> man I, I don't i don't understand how she got him to come to the red table in the first place you know dude i think will smith is gonna win the oscar this year because of that red table talk really <laughs> i feel like it was just all we're like okay he's at it bad here's one that's good <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah i mean so i think it's interesting because you know just imagine just a few months ago i mean i thought affleck gave i mean i would not have been upset at all if he had won best supporting actor for the last duel i mean it's just been an incredible year for him and to see him go from something like that where he's just the total alpha in that movie to here being like tell he, he, he literally i've said it already three times on this podcast he literally just like it has it's not an exaggeration for those who haven't watched that movie and unfortunately not a lot of people have watched that movie and i know uh, ridley scott's not your guy he's the one old guy that's not your guy uh there are three different ex occasions in that movie where he's in the middle of an orgy and he tells adam driver to take his pants off and yeah, it was outrageous that ben affleck got a rossi nomination for that i just tell you the rossi's are full of shit mm -hmm. but no Look at the performances that Affleck has like given it in the past couple years, right? We've got an alcoholic Ben Affleck with like way back and um, at the tender bar, right? We got fuckboy Ben Affleck with the last duel. We got um, now <laughs> cuckold Ben Affleck. 
<laughs> we we run the gambit of the different stages of his of, of of his like personal life, and he's using that like I I think you know he's aged well, I, really well as an actor, you know, because like <laughs> I don't think there's faking in the sadness. Yeah, and I guess I guess, and he he's obviously more than capable of being in that mode. And I guess I just thought he the way that what I've been trying to say is I guess the way the movie was marketed and the way people was talked about was like oh these people play a ton of games with each other and stuff like that and sure maybe his game is like you know uh teasing his wife about like murdering her lovers and stuff like that but i guess i thought it was gonna be like more sex games and like double crossing and revenge specifically revolving around sex well i thought i I thought he was gonna straight up like be hooking up with tracy letts wife and like throwing that back in her face and i guess i thought more the drama would be like derived from like crazy shit like that also and that was what i prepared myself for so i was like i was expecting more things of that nature in the movie not that that we we didn't get was like weird and twisted in its own way i just thought we were going to see him like engaging in those kind of shenanigans also you know see the last uh act of the movie though that's where we kind of get the game where it's like she is turned on but like the only time she's ever turned on by him is when he has the balls to kill her lovers (laughs) Well, yeah, it's messed up. And I, one thing yeah, I, was I think com- it's more rewarding than 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 like the movie you were trying to sell me, right? Sure. There. I mean, I, I guess I guess I was just waiting for that movie to happen the whole time. And then when it didn't, I was like having to recalibrate what I just watched. I was also like, it took me a minute to get into it too at the beginning because, like you said, like the whole entire town just like knows what's going on, and they were so like they they were so like they so knew what, what was going on to the point where I didn't know if they were part of a swingers club in that first scene. Uh, the mm-hmm. way the way everyone is just like walking up to him and talking about yeah. it, I thought that was it's like a so swingers funny. party. Just get like little Ralph just be like, man, it's not cool. How she just wants. <laughs> yeah, and then like that other that other woman that's like kind of fr- that other uh of the black woman that's kind of friends with him. She's like, yeah, what do you think about that? Like they're just so openly talking about it, and I thought it was just like. They were a he swingers club. I know. I just thought it was a swingers club. And for some reason, there was something particular about that guy that made it like a little more taboo than whatever other swinging everyone else is doing. It's like, nope. Everyone just like knows that you're getting totally emasculated by your wife. And he just has to sit there and take it, which is like this. I, it just took me a minute to like totally. Um, oh, yeah. I'll say more than a minute to take get to fully get what was going on, because then it's like and then it's made clear like, oh, no, they have some kind of understanding when he finally asked her like at some point, like, well, first, when you she sees him kissing and it's not as big of a thing as you would. Th- she, he sees her kissing the first guy and you think it's not as big of a deal as you think it would be. But then later he's like, oh, c- could you pick? Some, what, what, how, do, how does he word it to her? He says, I wish you'd pick someone with the more brains. So it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so so she has like some kind of like carte blanche or whatever she wants. I'm like, okay, then like, why is he straight up murdering these dudes? Then if like they have an agreement, it's like, oh no, like he's just murdering them because he just like doesn't have anything better to do and you know, is feels emasculated, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I it just took me a while to get my bearings in this movie because it was such a strange setup. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say it was boring or it was not entertaining or anything like that, but I was just like, man, this is such a like a bizarre, sto- effed up story. And yeah, it turns into something twisted at the end. Though I can't really also disagree with anyone else that says like the last third of it was kind of oddly edited also. Oh, dude, the last third is unhinged, right? Because mm-hmm. in that last third, right, you, you you get the final Anna de Armas Ben Affleck sex scene, right? You get the realization he is a murderer, right? You get the re- realization that she is turned on by it. But then you get the Tracy Letts shit. <laughs> that final chase is so fucking bonkers, right? So Tracy Letts, like they foreshadowed this earlier in the film where like he's this novelist or whatever who 
inserts himself in his own detective stories and like there's a vast conspiracy around him and and you know he has to convince others that it's just not one of his stories right and so this is what's happening in the movie right he suspects affleck early on as being the murderer of the lovers right and then she he witnesses uh affleck trying to cover up the body in in the lake and then he runs away and so Affleck is chasing him on bike, and it's like clearly like stunt like bike rider or whatever. Um, it's this crazy bike car chase or whatever. Except and it's not really it's not as much of a chase in the traditional sense because he's just going through a bunch of shortcuts trying to cut him off. Yeah, and but then like then he's just like Tracy Les just falls off a fucking cliff, and it's just like, fucking. <laughs> it's just wild how they do it. Yeah, like I think the last third is like. I think here's the thing. I think there's the comical undertone throughout all this movie kind of grounds like the craziness of it. And so I I think I just sort of like appreciated that element that Lynn is bringing to it. Hmm. (sighs) Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So it sounds like you probably did. Did you enjoy this more or less than Unfaithful? That's a good question. I might have rated this half a star more than I really like Unfaithful. I think mm-hmm. an unfaithful, I think, is probably a more coherent version of this, like a more like right. less like like uh, bug nuts one or whatever. Uh, um, and so it, it makes sense why it was a hit at the time, why Diane Lane got an Oscar nom- a nomination for it. Um, got an Oscar uh, nomination, even though I think it might be under 60 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So like it resonated with some people, even if the critics were a little more harsh on it. Yeah, I think it was probably one of those like zeitgeisty films that like maybe the critics were soft on because I think that's kind of the reputation of line. Like even when like Fatal Attraction like got nominated for Best Picture and Best Director, it was still like this movie that like is this trash? Is you know what I mean? Like I think that's sort of uh, you know because I think line you know part of that '80s erotic thriller director. Like I think he's kind of like you know. Brian De Palma on a worst day, but like sometimes, like even like a Brian De Palma on a worst day, like that's still like a good fun movie. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I I thought this was I was amazed that this was in terms of how like the gulf between it and Unfaithful. I was actually like pretty surprised by like how much it seems like a return to form, given how much he's been out of the game for so long. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, like you said, I think, you know, Unfaithful probably holds together as a movie more, though. Uh, there's something to be said for all the oh shit moments you do get in this. And I mean, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's, I, I, I don't, I guess I don't think it's bad. I guess I just like, I'm, I'm still processing like how it wasn't what I wanted it to be in that like it wasn't, it, it wasn't bonkers in the way I was expecting. And you, like you said, I, I, I go back to what you said at the beginning. There's something to be said for like the lightning of a bottle aspect of it and getting these people to like, give these give these particular performances and, and be committed to this to adrian like when he's like been out of the game for so long like just that they affleck and darmus would even like commit to like signing up for this kind of movie it's pretty cool and you got to respect the fact that like they're willing to like do some weird stuff for us even if they're maybe uh they're not they're not actually having sex on screen as much as maybe we were led to believe they would be <laughs> yeah um but this is it'd be a good double will bill with like uh, both Gone Girl and Eyes Wide Shut, you know, and Unfaithful. Like, I just, I'm kind of, and here's the thing I was noting too with this type of movie, since like the erotic, you know, this movie was originally a Fox movie that presumably was going to go to theaters if it was not for the pandemic. And then, but like, like a lot of shit that's not superhero stuff, like 
you know, they were like, Unfaithful was a huge hit when it came out, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, this movie, like, is hitting, like, the streaming services, and I think it's definitely better than, like, the -the run-of-the-mill, like, Netflix erotic thrillers that have emerged in its wake since those movies are no longer uh, commercially viable theatrically. Hmm. Um, And then also it kind of feels a little bit like if this movie was in French, right? It would feel like, like, like a European, like how this movie is made. It feels like a, almost like European, like one of like Verhoeven's, like he's back in Germany, like type movies or like a Claude Chabrol film. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I guess I haven't seen a ton of Verhoeven aside from, uh, aside from Basic Instinct and the L a couple years ago, but I, I, you didn't see Benedetta? I, I've not gotten to it yet. I'm, I'm, I've been, I've been meaning to get to that one. I, I guess, I, I guess, I want to ask you a little more specifically about the plot of the movie, though. And one thing that was like, it was becoming apparent to me, I guess, where it was going as the movie went on a little bit. That like, oh, maybe she's like a little more into this than I thought. But I was a little confused too by the game they were playing. Uh, was there a moment where it kind of clicked for you, and you're like, oh, I kind of get where this is going in a certain twisted way? Because I was still a little confused for a little bit of the runtime when, like, it, maybe it was all part of the act. And she had to put on the facade of being truly upset every time one of these dudes died. But like when she brought Finn Wintrock into the picture after she'd like at least been putting on the facade of being really mad about uh, Jacob Lurdy dying, uh, the piano, the 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 most non-looking piano, the most non-piano teacher looking piano teacher I've ever seen. Uh, Once he died, she's really mad. I'm like, okay. Uh, you're bringing this next guy back and I, I, I don't understand this. And cause I, I, I wasn't fully getting that. Like maybe she was more into this than it was, than I was, that she, I was not fully getting that she was actually maybe kind of into this until like, well, after that point. And I was just kind of confused for a minute. I'm like, what is this game at this point? If she actually is saying she likes these people, cause at least she's putting on some kind of show of like the fact that like she hates her husband. Now, when did, when did this movie kind of click into place for you in that regard where you fully kind of got what Melinda was up to? I would say the last act, but also Mm -hmm. here's the thing. I think this is like a familiar trope in like erotic thrillers where it's like, yeah, like the femme fatale is emasculating a man. And like the only way like the, you know, you see a little bit in like unfaithful as well. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. um, so like, I don't think this is, you know, I think like, I think fans of the genre will probably have seen that coming from the beginning that this was probably where it was going to lead up to to a certain degree. But I think it definitely comes into focus in the last act. But the Finn Ridrock one, I, I thought he was actually the most interesting out of the lovers because he seems like what Ben Affleck's character was like when they, he probably first met, met Melinda. Like when they first got married, he was mm. probably closer to Finn Whitrock. And so like this these that character seems like probably the only one out of the lovers that like right. Affleck somewhat respects. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like at the beginning of the movie, he's like, Can you not pick a dummy to sleep with? Because it, it might it might that might make him feel a little worse. Like, this is what you like. I mean, you wish I was like this, and this is the kind of thing you're into. Uh that that like that, that might have made made him feel like a, a little odd that like that's what you prefer to me. So it's like, oh, if you just pick some like regular white dude that has like a good career, like uh, and that, that kind of shows that like his issues run deeper than just like uh, whatever level, level of theoretical respect he has for her lover on the side. You know, uh, yeah. it, it's it, it's it's something more deeper inward that is wrong with him that like he never is really truly forced to uh, reconcile with when, uh, you know, eventually it's like, all right, well, they're probably just going to be stuck in this thing together. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it seems like um, I think I'm like I'm hotter on it than you are. No pun intended. But like, do we both like appreciate 
it that it exists. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm glad it's in the world, and I'll probably even watch it again to just see if like more of the stuff tracks for me as as when I kind of. I think it's a rewatchable. I think it's a rewatchable. Yeah, I, 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 I would, I, I would, if I, if I had had a little more time before we, uh, before we needed to do this, I would have, uh, I, I would have gone back and done it again. But I had, I had to go to work today, and it is entertaining, and I, and I, I will certainly give it that. It's just like, again, you said, it's, it, it gets, it gets like an unchanged place where it's like I can't necessarily like call it like totally good, but it is totally, totally watchable. Uh, did you? I don't know. Did you have any other feelings or observations about the about the Tracy Let sequence though? Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel well, like we just didn't like, talk about it's enough. a really bad line, like while he's like driving. I forgot what it was now that I think about it, but it was just like a corny, like you, you see this like laugh line. But because it's like the movie is getting this over the top, you almost forget, forgive it because it feels in line with it. But yeah, no, I, I, it's it's a it's a great death scene. It's a great one. Yeah, I just like I, I think I might have actually. I, I was watching this like in my bed on my laptop in the like on like a Saturday morning. And I might've been like, Oh shit. When he went off the, uh, when, when he went off the ledge and you know, for movies to like elicit an audible reaction for me like that, it, it, like, especially when I'm like not in a theater with other people, uh, or just watching in any kind of group when I'm just by myself, like there's something to be said for like evoking that kind of like passion. Cause I, if, if I had just been like totally checked out of the movie, I might've just rolled my eyes at that moment. And I did it. And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Is there is there is there anything else we didn't already talk about? I mean, like I feel like we I feel like I there's think, probably I think we like got deep into the water. Yeah, well, I mean, like <laughs> let's just be clear, man. It's a shallow pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. Like uh I had that thought at one point. It's like that's the one thing about uh, you know, n- neither neither uh hiding of the body is successful in either of these two movies that we uh unfaithful or deep water uh but at least in at least in unfaithful it seems like a i don't know in theory if like that uh garbage scooper like uh is operated a little differently that body just gets disposed of before that anyone ever finds it whereas here it's like bro like this seems like a place that people like going to hike and you just like kind of brought it to like really shallow water I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really believe this is a really smart guy, and I don't know if he like did this did the best job of like uh you know of, yeah, like carrying out a plan. everybody has like a target on his back too. Everybody like, <laughs> suspects that this dude is killing his wife's lover, and this is another one that's gonna go. It's like why are the cops not? I kind of like that they kind of let Ben Affleck. Get, that's one thing I appreciate because I think I w- would have been annoyed and bo- I feel like the movie would be bogged down of like the cops interfering and stuff like that i just like that he's able to get away with it which Um, cop which cops are worse the cops in deep water or the cops in unfaithful i don't because they both use like the create like the worst murder weapon too to kill someone which is a fucking like well in um unfaithful isn't it like a snow globe yes and then this time the person gets hit with a rock like things with fucking fingerprints Well, right, but I mean, in unfaithful, and it doesn't like look accidental. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the cops in unfaithful were worse because I think they—I don't know if they—they they, they obviously went to the apartment of the of the Olivier Martinez character, if you recall, and not only like did I mean Richard Gere, relatively, if he scrubbed down some of that apartment, but also like before he got there, like literally five minutes before he walked in, he'd just been having sex with Diane Lane in that apartment. So there's that. And then like Richard Gere probably touching a lot more than he could actually wipe down in that apartment. There's just like both of their DNA like all over that place. And they just yeah. like, and, and, they, and we're just led to believe they're just like never going to figure it out. And Deepwater, at least like, there's just a rock. Like, I mean, he may have been able to dispose of the rock and, and like, I don't know, maybe, maybe sitting in the water for a few days would have like 
you know and also uh, like the finn whitrock character is not a type of guy who can just go missing and like there's not like a search warrant you know what i mean like a missing per person like warrant or whatever yeah i i don't know it, it's it, it's not it's, it's not really a pothole that i that i dwelled on too much but i'm like man i, I it would have been cool if like this guy was a little more effective but again like that that might not be super realistic when it's like you know there's some like bumbling rich dude that like you know uh but yeah, we're, we're, we, are, we are led to believe he's smart though kind of yeah i think like that's the thing too i think in this town like affleck it's weird too because like affleck like is me you know he's this drone industrialist or whatever and that's probably him at his most unlikable because everybody else around him um the lovers tracy Letts, it's just more unlikable or melinda like mm-hmm. so you're just kind of on his side <laughs> and also like or dumber too you know what i mean so i think it's as you said it's like this small southern town he's a rich dude in it maybe it's just like through connections or whatever nobody investigates him too too hard and he can cover his tracks well enough yeah i i, I don't know i, I guess maybe he's I, like a fred durst right the guy <laughs> robert I don't know which one's the director, but like, like, um, like, like you said before, though, like it is a great Anna de Armas performance. I think that character in all of her like craziness, like it, it, it feels like it feels like it feels like more fully thought out. Like they just want that person to be like freaking wild and twisted and uh horrible. But you know, I feel like you kind of get what her deal is. And with Affleck, I I'm not sure if he's like totally a sad boy or he's like actually has a little bit more like twistedness to him given the glimpses we see i guess i just had a little more trouble like as much as i appreciate him going to these places maybe i wasn't really sure like uh what i was supposed to be taking from him because i i wanted him to be a little bit more like i don't know assertive even though he had his moments where he was like all right i'm gonna you know whether it be be a murderer or just screw with this guy and like call myself a murderer i i don't know i I might have had a little more trouble like uh figuring him out i guess but i mean i, I wasn't ever well, really that frustrated watching it but just thinking about it it's like I, I feel like i wanted him to be a little bit more um uh i don't want to say like aggressive in like an, a, in an abusive way towards his wife but maybe just be a little bit more assertive in these games throughout uh beyond the moments where with these like the murders that he's like denying to everyone i like the moments where it's like oh what does it mean that he's asking this woman to dance at the wedding you know maybe i didn't even need him to sleep with her but it looked like he was like sending a message like that and i wanted like more things like that as opposed to just like murdering someone and denying it hear me out okay if he had given this energy to his bruce wayne like if he played his bruce wayne as this character hmm. anna de armas catwoman this character <laughs> That would have been a better Batman movie than the Batman. That's all I'm saying. God, it and feels Adrian like line directing it. <laughs> man, it feels if that does feel like a missed opportunity that like Anna Darmus is like. I mean, I think she'll be on the bigger and better things, but like I feel like she would make a pretty excellent Catwoman. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll Z- get Z- Z- her reboot. Like Billy Kravitz did a great job, but like yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, Kravitz great. Kravitz yeah, great. Anna, Anna Darmus saying. is like she's like thirty. She's like 32, going to be 33 this year, I think. Like, uh, and like Zoe Kravitz will presumably be in like doing this for like at least another five years. So, you know, maybe like she could still make a great Catwoman if she's in her late well, 30s, like early DC, 40s. Like, you know how like we have like now three different Jokers, like you know, mm. so like it oh, could yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Like they don't give a shit. Like, um, <laughs> I yeah, no, like I'm I'm liking the run that like Affleck's on right now, doing this weirdly personal shit. Um, it's like. Like all his performances feel like TMI, but you right. know, it's interesting. 
Yeah, so I actually he reminded me a lot of like seventies William Holden in this movie, you know, mm. like William Holden in like Network, you know, you know where he and the like real life Holden also was like coming off from like his Alec Baldwin Russ type incident where he like accidentally had a, a vehicular manslaughter incident. By William, the time William Holden has more sex in Network than Ben Affleck does in this movie, though. <laughs> oh, damn. Damn. That's, that's harsh, that's uh, harsh. i mean i it's just i guess i just i mean yeah these are attractive people and i guess i think i think the way the best way i can put it is like i think the braille reading and unfaithful is sexier than anything in this movie what do you say to that i disagree okay disagree i okay. disagree no no, no, I, no. I, I guess i just wanted more like subtle moments like that that were actually like really attractive as and it just felt like it was more like these people like confronting each other after they after they'd gone and done like illicit things as opposed to like actual real like i don't i didn't feel like as many moments of like sexual tension i guess him like taking her shoes off after that first party scene or whatever and like i guess the the hand job in the park or whatever though that, i mean that was like i think that was almost weirder than it was sexier at that point in the movie because he just I had no idea what thing, though i think this movie operates on like more like weird energy mm-hmm. that, like which like i think it's just a little bit more compelling hmm uh, yeah, I, 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 I see. I see what you're saying. It's different than what you expect when you hear the term erotic thriller. It's a little different, and I guess it's it's good for movies to surprise you. And I, I guess I, I need to be open to that. And like I said, I think it's a rewatchable. It would be worth watching again. You know. So yeah. any anything else we didn't touch on yet from this that you wanted to talk about? Nah, no, nah, I'm good. We swam through these waters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, I think that pretty well covers it. I'm all for these people to like, you know, be doing more fun things. I don't really know what Ben Affleck comes coming up. I know for Anna de Armas, like she'll have the, um, she's gonna have that Marilyn Monroe Marilyn. thing. And then I think, I feel like she has something else coming down the pipe. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I want no, to we're going to get the Ben Affleck, like JLo movie, like the movie where he's like commenting on his reunion with JLo. Like, you know, that's the next one. Hmm. Who, who, who's going to, who's going to write or direct that you think himself or someone else? Matt Damon's directorial debut. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, Affleck does have a few things, uh, a few things in the pike. I don't even know. Oh yeah, he's yeah gonna be- or like you know, whenever we can get Affleck directing again, like oh, like- he's, he's gonna be in a movie with your uh, directed by your boy Robert Rodriguez, uh, a detective hypnotic, a detective investigates a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program. So there you go. Yo, that's the one thing he has pencil- in the can right now. Wait, wait, wait. Pencil me in. It's not till twenty twenty three, but yeah. Yeah, well, I have already feel already already for all the Avatar sequels. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, I know, as long if I'm still doing this, you know, this movie in uh, 2036 when Avatar three comes out, then like it's all you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Twenty, yeah, no, 2036 probably when Avatar two comes out. Let's be real. <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking but, of speaking of delayed stuff, the next thing we might see uh, Affleck in is the Flash, but like that just got bumped again uh, so that that one might not as as my uh friend in dc slash batman guy nick said that movie might just not exist uh so <laughs> no my take is like what does he do with the actress in that movie that jlo's like no <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows yeah i i that i yeah I, I don't really have anything else to add on deep water i uh you know i i hope that like i don't know that the, the last thing i'll say on it i guess is that like you know, it's funny. It's it's really funny to call it a, a Disney Disney's uh, Disney's Deepwater or whatever. Um, I but like you know, it was it, it was one of the last things that were that was part of this. Like you know, I think Fox produced show. under the Fox thing and then got bought or whatever. And it's like I don't know. It would be cool if it was a big hit for Hulu. You know, even if I'm not yeah. like here giving it the strongest endorsement, it would be cool to like make Disney think a little bit about like 
you know, because they, they like waffled a bit. They took it off the release calendar and then it was like a bit of a delay before it, it, everyone knew it made sense to go to Hulu. It was a bit of a delay before they even put it there. It's like, I don't think people are really going to like be mad at Disney, like, you know, uh, other than like a very fringe group of people for like putting stuff like this on Hulu. It's not like they're putting it on Disney Plus. So I really do hope it's a hit and it encourages them to like, you know, give more money to big stars so they can like put shit on Hulu if, if they're not going to give more money to Adrian Wise. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I I didn't realize until I watched Unfaithful and like looked up a little bit about it like earlier that like that Unfaithful made that much money. I I just assumed that like I don't know if I assumed he was in movie jail, but I just assumed if it had been a hit, he wouldn't have been off for twenty years. So maybe he was just you know off enjoying himself, doing other things in Europe. I don't know, being a horny old man. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood couldn't handle his wet dreams. Sure. Okay. Um. All right, Josh. Uh, anything you want? Anything else you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no, nah, I'm good. But um, um, yeah. I I will I will say I I watched H24's uh, X a couple of nights ago in the theaters. It was uh, one of my worst movie going experiences in a while. There was a, a three rows of like loud early, late teens, early twenties moviegoers in the back, and I couldn't really figure out how to address it. And I still enjoyed the movie in spite of that. So you know, I have not seen X. I'm really I like I, I have not been dude. This is all the stuff I have not seen. I have not seen Dog. Marry me. Maybe we talked about this last time. I, I haven't seen Marry Me. Dog is good though. Um, yeah, I wanted to see Dog. Uh, Sereno, I have not seen. Uh, I, I, I better like. I might have to see Sereno tomorrow because I feel like that's probably leaving soon. Uh, but yeah, I need to see X. There's a lot in theater. Oh, uh, Scream and also uh, Jackass. But Scream, um, Scream came out like two months ago, dude. You've been slacking. Um, yeah. And it was yeah. actually had a wide release on like some of the other stuff you just rattled off. I mean, X, X is fun. It really surprised me. I really did not know a whole lot going in other than the elevator pitch. That's just another one where it's like, it, it's it's cool that like, you know, I, I I know you have mixed feelings about A24, but like, I want them to keep like, you know, fun and well, weird shit like that. So th- yeah, like this one's a weird one where it's like, it seems like it'll be more like a visceral, like horror film than like their traditional, like art house horror one. But also I'm kind of like, done with like a lot of like the 70s throwback shit especially like low budget horror stuff so i don't know what to expect but uh, i'm curious but you know during the batman uh are we still recording yeah okay uh uh that was a weird movie going experience because uh the couple next to me they were like again having a hand job blow like it was during the entire movie what? Um, oh, okay yeah uh dang i guess i i, I guess i i shouldn't feel too, too sorry for myself my uh my experience last Friday night could have been worse, but yeah, you know, just don't be an asshole in movies. I, I guess oh, yeah, night, I, it was an asshole. Cause he's just like shouting like his like terrible can one liners during like big black magic mode moments as well when he wasn't doing that. Mm-hmm. So it sucked. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday night I went to the, I went to like my local, like one room really, really down and dirty art house theater to see the uh, live action Oscar shorts. And there was just like, it was me and like nine old people. Uh, Cause it's a, it was a Saturday night in Palm beach County. And I, it's like two of those old people had their phones out for like the entire movie. Like the kind of people that would probably get mad if little kids did, if, if younger people did it, like just doing shit on their phone. I'm like, come on people. Like I just like a very bad movie going weekend for me from that standpoint, but you know, Oh, well uh, in the Oscar shorts, just if I'm going to plug something else, um, not probably not worth it, yeah, but I probably not as good as I wanted them to be. Like, it seems like whatever nominating body those have, they just get off on really, really dark and depressing stuff the last few years. And it's really annoying, but I still think it's cool that some theaters show them. So go support it. If you have the opportunity to, it's a fun experience to see, uh, you know, actually people aren't going to listen to this probably till after the Oscars. So they might be gone, but like in the future, like, 
uh, it's cool that theaters are showing those and it's a little frustrating that the actual awards broadcast might not be showing them, but it's a cool thing to go see like five movies that you have no idea what they're about and just be surprised. You don't get that. Uh, you don't get that experience that often. So when they show the Oscar shorts at your theaters, it's a cool thing, different type of thing to do. Uh, Josh, before we get out of here, do you want to plug any social media, your Instagram account or anything like that? Oh yeah. yeah. So letterbox, um, uh, JKB sixteen twenty two six, and then Instagram photography and the ground film collective. Yep. As usual, I'm Josh Chernovoy on both Twitter and Letterboxd, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. Podcast Twitter is at RealMoviePod. Podcast email is RealMoviePod at gmail.com. Uh, coming up next, I I don't know. I, I'm not really sure exactly what's on the release counter next couple weeks. I know I want to see the uh, uh, the Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock vehicle, The Lost City, uh, or I think, it, is it The Lost City or is it The Lost City of... I think it's just Lost City. Yeah, it's just Lost City. They dropped the Lost City. Of, of D, I think it was originally or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. mad about that, actually. Really? Uh, okay. I'm very excited for that because I'm a big Channing Tatum fan and he, I'm hoping he can go for two for two because as I said before, dog was good. And uh, Hey, you but, might get Magic Mike 3 this year too. Uh, d- don't get don't get me excited though. I mean, it, it's, Soderbergh's actually directing. So, I mean, uh, I I, re- I really need that to happen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he directed that like the, like while he was uploading like Kimmy to the HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still need to watch Kimmy. I know you told me I needed to last week. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get to that in the next week or two. It's only 90 minutes. I have no excuse because I didn't. Great Zoe Kravitz performance. It's sort of like what you kind of wish they let her do in like as Catwoman, in my opinion. Again, she was great as Catwoman though. Let's not, let's no, not, no, let's not say anything. That's yeah, my take. Sure, sure, sure. Thanks to Josh for joining. Thanks to everyone for listening. We will see you next time.